Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm so excited today. I am here with Laurie Itkin, also known as the Options Lady. She is a financial advisor and certified divorce financial analyst. And she wrote the Amazon bestseller, Every Woman Should Know Her Options, Invest Your Way to Financial Empowerment. Good morning, Laurie. Welcome. Oh, so happy to be here, Anya. Thank you. I'm excited. Um, so I want to start off with um, your own story, how you were raised around money and um, how you just like your your history and how you ended up writing the book and why you wrote it. So, yeah, let's start there. All right, we'll start there. Yeah, in my book, uh, which I wrote, it's been about seven or eight years ago now. Um, it was really important to tell my story because investing has been such an integral part of my adult life. The, the story is, and those of you who've heard me give speeches know that my first stock investment I made when I was 24 years old, and I bought my first stock shares was Starbucks. And I really knew nothing about investing in stocks, but the only reason I bought Starbucks is that it, they had just opened up uh, places in Washington, DC where I lived. And I thought it was a great cup of coffee. Oh, funny. <laughs> but really in those days, because that was in 1992 or 1993, January of 1993, we didn't, there wasn't an easy way to diversify. When I talk about diversify is you really should never put all your eggs in one basket. And these days it's so much easier. We have the internet. You can put a portfolio together of a variety, a variety of stocks, or you can be putting together funds uh, that just wasn't available back then. So it's really for anyone who's starting to invest now, the world is so different and it's so easy. Fees are so low and it's just a great time to be an investor. So at age 24, like how much money did you invest? Where did you get the money from? And, you know, what made you invest at such a young age, especially well, as a I, I had received a $1,600 inheritance from my grandmother. And when you look, if anyone, if I went around now and said, oh, I got a $1,600 inheritance for my grandmother, people would laugh because that's not much of an inheritance at all, is it? Right. <laughs> but it was money I didn't expect. And instead of buying shoes and clothes with this windfall, windfall, I thought I really needed to be investing for my future, saving for my future. But if you're not going to need the money for a long time, you should invest it because if you just put it in a savings account and you earn whatever interest rate, you're not going to grow your money. And studies show even now when we are in a stock market crash, uh, depending if, um, if you have investments now, if you have a 401k, if you compare your statement today in November of 2022 versus last year, you may be down 20 or even 30%. But over the long term, over any 20-year period, stocks have always always gone up. They don't always go up every year, neither does real estate, but over any 20-year period, the history shows that if you invest, you will have a, invest in a diversified way, 
not being stupid, spreading your risk, you will have more money than when you started. Right, but I'm still impressed that at age 24, you had that knowledge already. So how were you raised around money? Well, that's interesting that, so my mother had been divorced twice already by the time I was 10 and she was a teacher. Um, she ended up starting her own uh, literacy business later, but she was a teacher and she, I didn't realize this until I got older, but her, her tastes and her wants for things, whether it be plastic surgery, even back then in the 80s, she was getting plastic surgery, plastic surgery, getting furniture. Anytime she lost weight, she'd buy new clothes. Well, she wasn't really paying for it because my, my father uh, never, the child support never increased all those years. So she wasn't getting much in child support for me and my brother. But I found out that her father, my pop-up, my grandfather was subsidizing her. Mm. And Anya, not everyone has a pop-up. So right. yeah. if you are a woman and you are um, a career-minded person, but perhaps you um, end up having children and one of you, either either the, the one spouse, whether you're in a same-sex couple or heterosexual couple, it doesn't matter. Often one spouse stays home to take care of kids or they both have to make enough money that they can afford childcare, which as we know is incredibly expensive or a nanny. And so often one person still traditionally the woman takes time out of the workforce, raises children. And then if she should get divorced later in life, she's behind in her career. She is not going to have the earning potential as the spouse who kept with their career. And it's very difficult. And so you have to learn to be financially independent. You have to learn as a young person. And always my whole motto was anything that I didn't need to spend, if I could live below my means, if I could spend less than my income brought in, I would invest the difference. And so every month, every year, I was put anytime there was $500 in my checking account over the bills that I needed to pay, it went into my stock account, into my brokerage account. I just would transfer anytime I had $500 built up. I did that over the years. I'm 54 years old now. Wow. And did you teach um, yourself or did you hire like a financial advisor to, to explain and help? I, I tried both. So um, it was interesting because um, I, I experimented with both and now I am a financial advisor. I mean, this is, this is a, a, a change in career for me. I didn't start out as a financial advisor, but I felt like it was really, you know, at first I was skeptical. I thought to myself, why would anybody pay another person to help them invest? When, especially these days, you can invest on your own. There's all the platforms out there. But I realized that that if I was a financial advisor, that would be a fiduciary financial advisor. That means making the commitment that I will put my client's interest above my own, then it's a phenomenal career to have because let's face it, I've been taught how to change the oil in my car. I've been taught how to change the flat tire on my bicycle. I still can't do it. I don't want to do it. And I pay people to do it for me. Mm -hmm. And some people want to pay a financial advisor to lead the investing for them. 
do you also educate your clients? Like if, uh, I, I assume you work mostly with women, right? Mostly with women, but I work with a lot of couples. Uh, I have some male clients. Um, it's really interesting because uh, some clients really want to learn. They're interested in discussing the portfolio. They want to, you know, really I'm working for them. Okay. I may have more knowledge on the subject, but they need to set the overall goals for me. I need to know what my client's goals are. And then I recommend how we might meet them. Some clients don't even want to hear from me. I mean, sometimes I'll reach out, say, we haven't even talked in over a year. I need to know what's going on because we may want to change what we're invested in to suit your cash needs, for instance. And other people want to meet with me maybe a couple of times a year. It just all depends. And so um, when do you think is the right time to start investing? So people are nervous right now. People have seen, as I mentioned, the stock market since January, depending on if you're invested in uh, what kind of stocks you're invested in, you may be down anywhere from 15 to 30%. And also what has been very troubling this past year is that bonds have, most people have thought of bonds as being safe. You get paid interest and they don't lose their value. Well, bonds have gone down this year as well. So people are thinking, gosh, I thought I invested conservatively and I'm still down. But remember, you're only down on paper. You're only really down if you sell. If you sell at a loss, you've realized a loss. Mm -hmm. um, so people have to understand that when you invest in the stock market, let's say, your money doesn't always go up every month. It doesn't. There's ups and downs. No different than if you invest in real estate. There have been cycles where we, I mean, people lost their homes because the value of their home was less than their mortgage in some cases. So investing in anything carries risk. One of the things right now that is an opportunity that we haven't seen is treasury bills. What's a treasury bill? Well, it's really a bond that pays income, but the treasury bills are, they are backed by the federal government. So it's considered probably the safest uh, investment you can make um, rather than investing in, let's say, a corporate bond where the company could go bankrupt. Right now, um, because the Fed Reserve Board has raised interest rates, you can get, as of today, a six-month treasury bill or a, a 12-month treasury bill, you can be earning over 4% interest, almost 5%. Um, so that's something that's attractive, a very low-risk investment right now for people to consider especially if they think they're going to need their cash back in the next six months or 12 months. And then for someone who is brand new to all of this, where can people learn about investing? Someone who's never invested before. Well, it's, it's, it's overwhelming because there's so many ways to learn. Some people learn by reading. Some people learn by video. Um, really, if honestly, like I've written some articles and stuff and my book is a good way to teach about investing, but you can get free information. You can even just Google investing 101 and just start reading, um, on the internet. And, and there's so much free information that wasn't there when I started. So, and you mentioned earlier, um, women who stay out of the workforce to raise the children, um, having disadvantages. So especially for women, do you recommend 
as soon as they have their first job to start investing and how much? I feel like a lot of people think they need to have a lot of money in order to start investing. Um, is that right? Uh, they don't. Um, and so the, the easiest way, the, the least burdensome way to start investing is if your job provides a retirement plan. So if you work for a nonprofit, you may um, be presented with the opportunity to uh, invest in a 403B. If you work for a corporation, you may be able to invest in a 401K. It's so easy. You basically, they take a deduction from your paycheck before it even hits your bank account you can decide what percentage of your salary you want to uh, go into a contribution. And most of the companies match, not all startups don't, but, but the major employers provide a match. So you are getting free money. It's, it, it, think about it. If you uh, contribute, let's say 5% of your salary or 10% of your salary, and the company is providing, let's say a 3% match, they are giving you free money that you mm -hmm. only get if you also contribute to your savings. So it's it's that's we've had that model for years in this country, and it's it's fabulous. And then um, I think a lot of couples like they fight about money. Obviously, um, I watched one of your videos recently. Um, you went to a college, I believe it was here in San Diego, and you educated students about as soon as you start dating, you start talking finances. Yes. And I thought that's amazing, um, right? I mean, it's so important because if you have a big spender and the other person is trying to save money, that can, you know, have severe consequences. So this is such old fashioned advice and I crack up. Uh, my mother's no longer with us, but she told me, if I really liked a man, don't sleep with him until at least the fifth date. <laughs> All right, why five? I don't know. Hey, I only lasted four with my now husband. He's still, <laughs> but anyway, the point is, is that we'll get naked and have sex with people before we even know about their finances. I mean, you're, you're going to be totally naked, but you know nothing about about their finances. And you need to know if you're going to be in a relationship, whether it's a man or a woman, I don't care. If you're going to be in a romantic relationship, you should know, do they have student loans? Do they have credit card debt? Because particularly in the state of California, because I'm also a certified divorce financial analyst, in addition to being a, a wealth advisor, uh, money manager. Um, in California, when you get married, unless you have a prenuptial agreement, either person's income in the marriage is community income. And that, and so, and either person who contributes to a retirement account, that's both their money during the marriage. So when you get married, you are not only having intimate sexual relations with this person, your money now is one. Okay. And your debt also, right? Correct. So if one person has a lot of credit card debt and you get divorced, you are responsible for the other person's debt as well. In California, typically that's the case. There's exceptions, but that's that's exactly right. And so also, you know, people are getting married much later in life. I got married at 39. And most of us that are in their 30s, we may have some assets. We may have owned a property before marriage. We may have had a 401k or an IRA, an individual retirement account. 
And we want to make, make sure we protect that and keep that separate. Don't commingle that with the marriage money, because if you commingle it and you get divorced, it may be very hard to retrace it out. Um, and so that's really important in California. When you get married, you, you, if you, first of all, I always recommend a prenuptial agreement, a prenup, but I understand it's very difficult for some people to bring up that issue. So you should at least gather all your statements. You need, you need to know what your net worth is when you get married. It may be negative if you have more debt than assets, but you want to know that you want to have it in a spreadsheet and you want to keep that because if you ever do get divorced, you want to know what you came into the marriage with. So you can potentially leave the marriage with your separate property. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So a lot of people are really worried right now and kind of unsure what to do and how to prepare for a recession. So what are some practical tips around money um, that you can share with people to prepare? Yeah, that's such an excellent question because we are in a situation where things are changing. The stock market was going up and up and up over the past decade. Real estate prices, as we've all known, have just gone grown exponentially, and now they're starting to soften. Um, mortgage rates that were 2.75 for a 30-year fix just a year and a half ago are now over 7% in some cases for a 30-year fixed. So I know we're always, people always have a problem um, spending less than what they earn, right? As the more we earn, the more we want to increase our lifestyle. But I, if a recession coming, you have to do the opposite. You now have to be uh, saving even more because we are seeing the big companies are starting to lay off people. If you just open the newspaper over the past week, you're going to see all these big firms are starting to lay off or they're, they're reducing hiring. Um, in, in a time of recession, you need to know that you have an emergency fund. What's an emergency fund? An emergency fund is something where you have maybe three to six months of living expenses in a savings account or a very low risk um, investment. I mean, you really want to keep it in cash. You want to be able to access it in within days if you need it, because you don't want to be putting expenses on a credit card because credit card interest rates as interest rates go up, their rates go up too. And if mm -hmm. you are carrying a credit card balance, which some of my clients do from month to month to month, that is a black spiral into, into nothing. Because if you are paying 20% interest on a balance you have, you can never, you can't invest to earn more than 20%. So you're paying the bank or the credit card company 20%. It could be 18, it could be 25%. So now is the time when a recession coming for you to actually be stashing more money away in savings. Mm -hmm. And um, it is a good time to invest, right? Because I always feel like everything is on sale um, as far as stocks right now, because they are so low and, um, but people are oftentimes afraid to invest Absolutely. So this is where working with a financial advisor is often worth the fee, quite honestly, because what, what we do is we are going to push you, push our clients to think about what are their cash needs in the next six months, year, two years, anything that you're going to need in cash over the next you know six months to two years should not be in stocks. 
because stocks can go down and we are down right now. So could we go down more? Sure. Could we rebound? Sure. No one has a crystal ball. So think of your money in buckets. Think about earning no return or a very modest return on money that you're going to need in the near future. And for money that you're not going to need for two years or more, it's a great opportunity to invest in the stock market, as you stated. But you have to be very diligent about your budget and thinking. If you, I have clients who pay expenses for their adult kids. They're not mandated to. These are adult kids, but they do. So I basically say, look, if Johnny's going to come to you and say he wants you to pay his car insurance or his wireless bill, do you have money in cash ready to go to pay for that? Because we don't want to invest that money and have it go down 10 or 20% six months from now when you need the cash. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. So think about anything you need. Do you have to pay for college for children? Do you have any um, health care procedures coming up? Because, you know, depending on your insurance, you may have a huge deductible, uh, mm -hmm. those types of things. And quite frankly, people hate to budget. Nobody wants to do it. It's not fun. And you sort of need a financial advisor, like a coach, you know, pushing you. Mm -hmm. So where can people find you if they are interested in working with you? The best way is my website, theoptionslady.com. The Options Lady. Okay. I will share that in the um, show notes. So Laurie, thank you so much. I feel like you shared a lot of um, knowledge with us. I really appreciate it. So and glad to be here. Thank you for your podcast. It's been exciting. I've listened to some of the episodes. You've had just tremendous speakers. It's really been fun. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, take care.